All right. Welcome to the 17th bar. Sam, how are you going? I'm excited. What are we going on today? Today we're going to do a new album and we're going to do a classic. Our new album, Joyner Lucas's long-awaited debut. Somehow it's still his first album, ADHD. Yep. And Dr. Dre's 2001. I really like how these will be joined together because obviously... Dr. Dre had a lot to do with Eminem's career, mm-hmm. and Joyner sort of got started off Eminem. Well, he was featured on Eminem's song, and that yeah. got him a lot of clout. Lucky you. So lucky yep. you. Great song. And that's when I first heard of him as well. So I'm really looking forward to talking about that. I'm excited. You're listening to The 17th Bar, episode two. I think let's have a word from our sponsors. We don't have any yet. <laughs> Moving forward, we need to be more vigilant with what we trust from the internet. That's a time when we need to rely on trusted news sources. And that's why you're listening to The 17th Bar with Sam and Hugo. Thank you. Uh, Stay woke, bitches. When it comes to wordplay, I'm bringing it. Everything I do is fine tingling. Guaranteed. So. Alrighty. This album. That'll never get old. Before, before it even dropped more than half the songs had been released. He'd released them all as singles. He'd released music videos to accompany them. So people were saying that the excitement had almost worn off for this one. But what'd you think? Mate, it it totally held up. I, I know exactly what you mean, yeah. A lot of people had already said that it'd been released and like half the other songs that everyone knows about and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I've listened to this through now maybe three or four times and um, I can't get enough. I, I think it's fantastic and it's only an hour long. 18 songs only goes 59 minutes. So it's It exceeded just, expectations. Oh, absolutely. It's very, very concise. Actually, uh, one of the songs, Isis, featuring Logic. That's been out since 2018. Yeah. Mm. Really made me listen to Logic again and actually made me come back and be, okay, He, I don't like what he does by himself. Right, but he's got some good feature verses, and I just I still think if he goes to Dreamville, um, Jay Cole's <laughs> label, he would be amazing. But I don't own. think he's he's already too established to go to Dreamville, so I think he'll stay where he is. But staying on Joiner, uh, I like all the features in this album. He's got Young Thug, Chris Brown, Timberland, uh, Logic, and Fabulous. Isn't Chris Brown's song amazing? Well, not one it. of my favourites. Really? I thought the hook was really poppy. They've actually collabed five times now. Okay. There was talk of them doing a duo album this time last year, and that seems to have just been scrapped because I haven't heard anything about it since, I think, January 2019. That would be too much. It would be too personally. much. I'd, I would get tired of this after two songs, let alone a whole album. Uh, the, one, the one feature I didn't like uh, was actually Young Thug's feature. Yeah, which I, I'm surprised about because I, I did like it. I know what you're saying about it and I'll give you yep. time to say that. But for me, I felt the Young Thug song was ju- like it, it's got, it's the one that gets stuck in my head. That um, there's actually, there's a few songs in here that I, I think get stuck in my head and could be that club, could be a club track. And I think The War's one of them. Right, okay, fair enough. I mean, the, the reason I didn't like the Young Thug feature, I liked the song, but the Young Thug feature felt like Joyner had, because Joyner's independent, he's not signed to a label, it felt like Joyner had just paid Young Thug for just a verse. Just bought a verse? Because it doesn't go with the song. One of the lines is, and, and bear in mind, the war is about uh, a relationship, you know, relationships in general being 
like a war ground and how he's never happy and he will never love again, etc. One of the young thug lyrics in his like, it's like an eight bar verse is, he says, I hopped off a jet and land in Dubai, looked like she got red contact in her eyes. Now that's a metaphor meaning he flew on the red eye. Yeah. And it's just a weak metaphor. It's, it's, it's weak just as piss, weak it? as piss. Yeah. And he's got auto-tune all the way through. The, the song's fine. Joiner's Join is good on it. Joiner actually has some good good lyrics, but... So you're saying it doesn't really expose Young Thug for the talent he is? I, exactly. I think okay. I think Joiner's been like, yes, I get Young Thug's name on the track, and he's just completely wasted it, and it's it shows they didn't really work together for this one. Yeah. Do you know, it's funny you say that. I don't actually know much about... Young Thug, like as an artist, like I, I've heard a lot of his features and that sort of thing, but he's never been someone on your radar. Nah, I've never been like really hard into listening to him. So I thought it was quite good, but I have to admit it was a little bit like, yeah, I, th- I actually totally agree. It does sound like it was a, a bought verse. There you go. Yeah, I don't think it was though. You don't. You think I'm actually it's pretty confident. Bad... No, because I when you said that to me earlier this week, I looked into it, and um, no, nah, I'm pretty sure they met up in the studio and actually put some stuff together. Well, if they did, then they should have done a better job, in my opinion. But mm. uh, that doesn't reflect the whole album for me. Whole album, I was actually very impressed with. Um, let's start with the skits, shall we? Yeah, I loved them. I actually think, honestly, the skits were some of the best and what i love about it is that's a real fucking 2001 like dre eminem type thing to do that they yes. play skits i love skits because they break the it. album up they offer comedic value as well and they sort of tie it's, yeah it's a story it ties yeah. it in so the first one is screening evaluation which opens the album and it's joiner when he's eight that's heavy it is heavy. it's a real heavy one he's like, talking to his doctor it's twisted and, uh Obviously, the album's called ADHD because Joyner Lucas has ADHD. And he's telling a story from when he was eight, probably made up, that his doctor starts with a simple psychological test with him and says, Joyner, what are, what are these pictures? Like, tell mm. me what these pictures are. And quickly, uh, his doctor lashes out at him and gets, gets him in trouble for saying the wrong thing and says, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to beat you up if you get the wrong answer again. And it's like shit. It sets the tone it goes for a dark album straight away. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it does. It, it really does. It's a tone setter, but it goes. It takes such a left turn. Like I first listened to it um, riding my bike into this uh, studio last week. Right. And um, yeah, I remember I was coming across the bridge, listening to it. I was I was listening to this opening skit, and I'm just like, oh, this is interesting like i didn't didn't really know where it was going and then it just takes that left turn where it's blatantly abusive it's blatantly really. abusive. i mean you, you hear his voice the doctor's saying all these nice things to this kid who's playing joiner and you sort of sense he's got these dark undertones already mm. and then oh, yeah, when he, he says, sounds a little bit like it yeah like a little bit it's clowny. creepy yeah. and then all of a sudden he goes what's this and joiner goes that's it's a, a that's a condom and he goes what the fuck did you say? It's not a fucking cunt. I'm don't get the wrong answer again. You fucking retard. It's like, well, I, whoa. I didn't get that bit either. That That's yeah, what did, really... Exactly. The so you want to keep listening. Oh, man, it dragged yeah. me in big yeah. time. Because when he goes, it's a condom, I was like, all right, first of all, that's a weird fucking thing to ask To show a kid. Eight-year-old. Yeah. And he's going to turn pedophilic at, a, at some stage. What a know? weird spot to go dark. Weird. Yeah. Very early on. But I listened. Yeah, as soon but as I heard that, dra- I was like... It drags you in. It draws you in. Um. 
So the uh, that leads into I Lied, which is the first track, track track on the music track on the album. One of the longer ones on the album as well. Yeah, four and a half four minutes. Four and a half. Uh, four seven. Four right. minutes and seven seconds. Uh, yeah. It's called I Lied, and he's essentially saying that people promise things before they have money and they change themselves. Is that what you got from that? That's, yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. It's a lot of like uh, you hear a lot of rappers straight out of the gate and they're they're quoting songs about you know like what they do with all this money and stuff like that but they've pull up all my friends with me and stuff yeah and and they've just recorded Mm. in like they've paid you know an hour or two for a studio session that they've worked weeks to get like it's a bit it's false and and so he's sort of staying saying well he's sort of saying i guess the same thing but his debut album comes a little bit differently than others because he sort of semi got established first. It is different. I mean, he's already worth a mil, and then this is his first album because yeah. he's been around for so long without dropping his well, first full project. Well, isn't that that's the influence of Eminem? Am I right in saying that he now he's got albums? Well, no. Let's let's start by saying that he got his real start by actually, and Kamikaze. the reason Eminem no. So the reason Eminem did a track with him was because he put out "I'm Not Racist." Have you heard I'm Not Racist? Yeah, is that off? That's with the, it's a, it's essentially a, a, the concept of the song and the video clip is a, a Donald Trump voting MAGA hat wearing white guy mm. spitting towards a, a, a black dude saying, it's your fault that your people are like this and I don't owe you anything and you're always complaining and shit. And then the black guy responds, it's joint a rapping obviously, and the black guy responds saying, you don't understand my culture. How dare you tell me what to do? And that got him. It's got like 150 million views on YouTube. Mm. And because he referenced Eminem twice in that, Eminem then put him on a track with him the the next year. Well, Eminem did a... Um, that Actually, what you've done there, you've really brought it together. So like when Kamikaze came out, yeah. Eminem's album, um, he did a huge interview on Sway about it, which I watched the whole way through. It's about an hour and a half. And he... The, the, the Kamikaze interviews is what it's called, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's really, really interesting because what he does is he goes into talking about like... Because they do. They say, now, where where'd you find Joyner Lucas? Now, Joyner Lucas has actually had one, two albums out before this. But mixtapes. More mixtapes. Mix but, yeah. you know, one along came Joyner in 2015 and then 2017, 508, 507, 2209. Right, um, and I've listened to a bit of that, and it's it's got the same similar sound. Like it's Joiner, and it's good, but it's not. It was too early mm. for that. That that came out at a time where like uh, Chance the Rapper, those sort of Anderson Pack, they were starting to get 2015, big. 16, 15, 16, yeah. 17. and so so he got he got lost lost among the uh, along the pile. Yeah, yeah. A- amongst that really new high energy yeah. instrumental stuff. But then this ADHD's come out at a really good time because we're really starting to hear. You know, Hove's been back in the media a fair mm. bit. Um, Eminem's coming back. Uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, but in the Kamikaze interview, uh, Eminem talks about a cipher he did after the album drop where he basically talks about the Donald BET Trump. cipher. Yeah. Yes. And he goes hard at Trump and he says in the interview, he goes, That's actually how I found Joyner. This song that he did, and he's basically saying, you know, like with all this racism and stuff like that, it it's not just up to the black rapper. He says, I stand with the black people. Yeah, he's like, it's also our responsibility. And that's the reference. So Joyner makes that reference in uh, in that song, I'm Not Racist. He says, 
Eminem's a real one for standing with us because it's not just black versus white. He's actually saying, because the white it's guy goes, you can then. have Eminem, you can have him. He's against, and it's like, well, man, he's a real one for standing up. Um, and that's where Joyner got his, his collab with Eminem. Yeah. And what a collab that was. That Lucky Use, that's my favorite song on the whole. Easily. One of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah. It shuffled after the album had finished for me. It shuffled into that. And yeah. I was like, wow, this is good. Lucky you. Woo, woo. Yeah. I got a couple. Yeah, we, I was told not to sing, so I won't nah. sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, now the the logic ISIS. Uh, I reckon we've touched on that, but hey, but what a hard what a hard song title. When ISIS, you see, yeah. After screening of when you think about it, you listen to screening evaluation. You go, oh, what the fuck? And then you look at the songs coming up. First song, I lied, and you're like, oh, oh, he's lying, lying, naughty boy. And then the next song is ISIS, followed by the war. You're seeing a trend. And you're just sitting there going, holy shit, what then, is he rapping about? And then I love Devil's Work. Devil's Work is, I can't wait to get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that song for sure. But Isis with Logic, loved it. Yeah. Really liked it. Really liked Logic as well. What a, a really good voice for that song, for that rap song. See, I want to like Logic. Yeah, same. But I just, he's just corny to me. I can't, so I can't corny. get on him. Like a lot of my mates do like him. I just find that his freestyles that he does on radio stations sound so similar to his tracks that he puts out. Like, he's not making music. He's just putting a beat on and going, he, he television, retrovision, elevision. It's like, yeah. man, just chill. He, yeah. Chill. He, he reminds me of MGK a bit. What? Yeah, I guess. he Like, corny white rapper. Although Logic's yeah, but, black. But, but both skillful. Yeah. Both skillful. Without a doubt, Logic, hands down, technicality-wise, so good. It's actually... But it's about the final product, isn't it? I think a little bit, he's a little bit like Lupe Fiasco in his career in the sense that no one is calling Lupe Fiasco corny. And you listen to his albums and you're like, why doesn't this guy get the same recognition on lyricalism and stuff like that that, say, Kendrick does? And because he's like, word for word, bar for bar, Lupe's just as good. And I would put logic... Disagree. You don't reckon? Disagree. I reckon Kendrick is so much more complex, breaks it down so much more. Not lyrically. I think he I does. Don't think, I think what gives Kendrick but the edge is he's a We can threat. disagree. And I'm, 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 I need to listen to more Lupe before I fully yeah. know. But Kendrick, there's a reason that he's made it where he yeah, is. Yeah, he's a triple threat. He's because got if you look at him, he's not the most marketable guy ever. Like he's, you know, he's not like a Drake who's like tall, good looking, been an actor before, charming. Mm. Kendrick's like a 5'5 five, five dude who can just rap so well, makes great music. Um, but Joyner, Joyner's had a lot of hate. He get has a huge fan base, but he's had a lot of hate from he's people. He's got a very engaged fan base yes. as well. Yes, they, they get onto him for saying stuff like, uh, you know, you're never putting this album out. He, he stood, but he had beef with Logic actually over something else. He was meant, yeah, he meant to do a collaboration with Logic. 17. Yeah, and then Logic uh, clapped back at him through a diss in a different song. And this was sort of the reveal that they were no longer beefing. This When this song came out, Joyner actually hid the feature from everyone until it came out and then revealed it was it was Logic and everyone went, yay, they've squashed their beef and now they're making dope music. The last thing I'll say about Logic is he, and this is what I mean with Lupe, um, I'll just finish up by saying Lupe is technically word for word fantastic and I think that's what Logic's got as well. Logic, I think, has some pretty weak beats with him and they sort of sure. tailor him to sound the same every song it's a little bit like Lupe I agree. but I wouldn't want a lyrical beef with Logic 
No. I think logic logic can rhyme really, really well. And I think, but so can join a Lucas. That would have actually been, they went hard at it. But, if they uh, did, if they actually did have a beef, it would have been dope. It'd um, be amazing. Moving on to, to I Love. Yeah. Now this one, do you like this one? This is one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it stuck in my head. This and The War, I get stuck in my head. See, I, I thought love- the hook, I thought the hook on this was, uh, a bit repetitive. I, I yeah, find it annoying. It? I, I have found myself singing it, but in terms of like to vibe to it, I don't know. It's just not my kind of thing. Um, but I think it's a good party rap song and it's got sure. depth. It's got a lot of depth. You listen to the lyrics inside out from his verses. It's very deep. Do you hear a quite a bit of uh, on the track with, uh, he sounds a lot like Juice World on the track ADHD. Yeah, remind me, remind me the so hook. So the hook, uh, I feel like I don't want to sing. Oh it. yeah, I don't well, want to I was going to say Little Peep vibes. Okay, see, grunge. I don't, I don't want to label it Little Peep because nah. immediately you've lost half the listeners there. Yeah, a lot I of people mean, don't like. It. But it's got, it's like depressive. I'm on that. lean rap. Oh yeah, yeah. But then it the does. actual rapping bit is very different he's got the yeah. he's got different flows he's got triplet flows quick flows you know like rhyme schemes that just change it up every verse he's almost showing the people what i reckon so personally uh never was a listener of little peep no but neither and neither i'm not anymore either but if i was 14 and little peep hmm. was out i listened to blink 182 uh, Green Day, Good Charlotte, all that sort of stuff when I was like year six and seven. So what's that? 11 and 12, 13. Yeah. Little Peep was our older got right around it. And it is actually, it's a very appealing genre, the way he raps. I don't think he hit it, but I think he died before he could. And I reckon Joyner a little bit with that. We disagree again there because I think Lil Peep got more clout because he died and he wouldn't have got any bigger if he hadn't died. He had a very niche group of depressives that Ooh. liked their depressive drugs, liked to get on it and then just listen to depressing beats. I don't think he was... No, nah, he was coming up. I, I don't nah, think he, he was. he was coming up. Him, yeah, because he was doing songs with Triple X, Tentacion, um, and he was also getting... Also died at 18, 19. Yeah, and he was getting a lot of rep from... Um, uh, actually, I, I'm pretty sure in saying Mac Miller... Shouted him out a couple of times. Who's that? Little Peep and Triple I, X. I would fact check that. I don't think. I'm don't pretty think confident that's Little Peep um, um, got a hell of a recognition from quite a few artists. I think he was on his way up, personally. But back to Joiner. <laughs> I I think um, we were talking about ADHD. Yeah, so the ADHD is the title track of the album, and it covers essentially his struggle with the disorder that he's had his whole life. And the reason I like it so much is because. It's the kind of song that connects with the audience because a lot of people who listen to his music are probably, you know, young blokes. ADHD is typically a, a male illness and it's really personal. I would say any, every male growing up or most men, men and, and women growing up at one point, at one stage or another in their life has sat back and gone, have I got ADHD? Or, or more generally, what's eaten? wrong with me? What's why going I, on? Not, yeah, I know what you mean. Everyone goes, have I got something wrong with me? Like, why did I just do that? Mm, I agree. Um, Devil's Work is one of your favourites. So Devil Work, I will put down as the track of the album. 
That's my call. Big call. That's wow. my call. That's going into the, our our episode three playlist for me. That's my pick. That is the number one track of the album, I think, um, for a number of reasons. Uh, we'll play. Uh, we're going to play a little bit of it. <coughs> Father, forgive me. I'm staring at this Bible as I keep glancing. Dear Lord, I got questions and I need answers. I'm trying to understand your vision, all I see is damage. Just a bunch of dead bodies in the street camping. A bunch of lost souls on their feet standing. We supposed to be your children, I thought we family. You supposed to be my father, bro, I need answers. We don't need to die young, we just need chances. The guitar start off, that really sonic sort of... Um, I don't know how to explain it, but that electric guitar that really just takes you off and then a really fast beat underneath it. And he he starts off and it sounds like he's sort of quoting and praying and, and, it, and it's gospel, but then it starts rhyming. Well, he's talking about, uh, he's almost writing a letter to God saying, mm. why have you taken all these good brothers away? And then he's almost saying, he's, he's offering up other people to swap out. It's a very It's a very humble prayer to God. Yeah. That's what I've sort of got taken away from it. And also, it reminds me of... So, we actually spoke on the last episode about songs where rappers call each other out, where it's a good and a bad thing. Like, they're calling you out, but it's an honor. Like Kendrick Lamar's like, Control Verse is what we... Yeah, example we that's used. what we were talking about. Yes. And I think he's almost done the same thing, except this time he hasn't compared himself to anyone. No. He's just said... So, I think one of the lines is like, give us big... Give us back big L, big pun, who are, you know, lyrical greats. Um, and he also came out, like he has a whole has a whole couple of bars about Nipsey Hussle. Who, yeah, I, who, I noticed that too. Shot. And, um, the main one that I'm sure Triple caught X. your eye, caught my eye, we discussed it before, is he says, give us Tupac back and take Sug, which is Sug Knight. Huge Sug. That's call. pretty big. That's a big call out Shug's for a in, debut yeah, album he's in prison uh, and he for was murder. obviously Suge Knight was the the I guess the CEO of Bad Boy Records who had signed Tupac and there was that huge beef essentially he is believed to be involved in the death of Biggie he bought too much gangster into hip hop yeah and it's a huge call from a young young rapper Joyner Lucas mm. first album to call him out I was like whoa personally though I don't know what you think but I'm just going to be brutally honest mm. here and I think uh, it's okay if you guys don't agree, but I, th- I think um, Shug's a fuckwit. I think Shug's a fuckwit. I think I, everyone I, thinks Shug's a fuckwit. He's he a convicted ran him murderer. Down. Dude, yeah. he ran down this guy, this intern, I think, or producer in his car and killed him like that. And that's the reason park. he's in prison. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he or, uh, he brought gangster into into rap. Like, uh, If you want a good story, definitely look up the life of Shug Knight. Oh. S-U-G-E. Knight, as in Knights of K- Shining Armor, K- and yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a great one. But that song, I like it. It's been out for eighteen months. Yeah, it's been. That's the other thing. A lot of these songs have been out for a long time, and I like to think I'm pretty up to date with hip hop and new releases and stuff. And but this one slipped under the radar for you. A lot of these songs did. I didn't know any of them. I want to just give a quick, quick uh, shout out to my favorite track in this album, Will. Which is the second last song, and it references. Let's let's, um, let's talk a bit about Will. Will is Will's a song about Will different. Smith, yeah, and with a video video a music video accompanying it, and it talks about all of Will Smith's iconic roles. You know, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Men in Black, uh, Wild Wild West. Sleep on the dresser. I 
can I fall? I hit on my goals, I did it with pride. Ain't nothing worse than losing your hero and couldn't say bye. And we never know just when it's our time, and legends are gone, and we don't know why. So before they go, look, here go a toast, so give them a rose while they still alive. I'm feeling like real. I feel like a prince, I'm feeling myself. So my favorite, that's my favorite line, and I love that line because he's saying, I just want to shout out you, Will Smith, because you're my hero. I don't want anything for it. I just want to say thank you for being you. You've inspired me without even knowing it, and now you know it. And in the music video, where Joan is playing all these roles, I don't know, have you seen that? Have you seen the music video? Mm. He's playing all these roles as Will Smith, dressed up as him. And uh, at the end, Will Smith's, in, in the mirror, Will Smith's there. So obviously, he's, he's got Will Smith to be in the video, and he would have been so happy about that, because obviously, he's looked up to Will Smith for ages. But well, the- did you hear the grab of what Will Smith said about the album? I think I sent it through to you earlier, either today or yesterday. Yeah, we'll give it a play. That joint is crazy. Dude, I am humbled and honored. You know, one of the lines you say in there, you inspire people and you, you, know, you don't even know it. You know, it has been my intention from day one to really go into the world and just put uh, positive energy and to be able to, to uh, use my creation to, you know, inspire and elevate and empower. Yeah, so I mean that right there in itself from Will Smith, who is a Hollywood great in both, I, I'm going to say in both music and, and, I mean, he's worked with some of the best fucking musicians of all time. Really. Well, he was, a, he, he was a hip-hop Jeff. artist, right? Yeah, yeah. he was great. Mm. Um, and he was clean, but he's still... My other favourite, just to, to go along with that, is, um, is 10 Bands featuring Timberland. Yeah, yeah, Timberland. Yeah, yeah, great song. For hip-hop lovers, that's a big one. The flow change from verse 1 to verse 2 to verse 3 is insane. Like, it's, I love the flow. One of my favorite lines on that one is they say, love is a drug. I never want to take drugs again. And that's like a theme throughout the album. So he's essentially saying, obviously, it's pretty self-explanatory. Another one is, he's never been a fan of designer. All I really got is one wish. And the beat cuts, he goes... A one night stand with Madonna, and when I first heard that, I laughed. So I yeah, thought it was it's funny. good. It's yeah. a real hard hitting one. It's just funny, it just man. Gets you. No, it's a it's a bloody good song. Um, he he's put a lot of work in, and for the for your real hip hop fans like who like and know a lot about that Timberland song. That's a that's a big feature. It is a big feature. He's been a producer for such a long time. Oh, and he's produced some of the biggest hip hop songs of all time. Yeah, with some of the biggest artists. Um, and, and even non-hip-hop songs. I mean, didn't he feature Too Late to Apologize by... Um, he's produced so much. Mm. Timberland has done so much that people don't even realise. Um, yeah, just before we uh, quickly dive into the producers, uh, the I was reading on Billboard this morning that Joyner Lucas often gets described as your favourite rapper's favourite rapper. Yes. So that's... And I think you can really see that in a debut album, uh, because, I mean, to me, it reminds me, uh, it's a little bit like that YBN album we spoke about last week. It sounds like a Fuck third or fourth good. drop. Mm. doesn't sound like a first album. I think when people use the phrase, your favourite rapper's favourite rapper, they mean, for people that study the art of rapping and that know hip-hop, they say, technically, he is incredible. Eminem doesn't put anyone on his tracks no matter what your thoughts on eminem's new or old shit like it doesn't matter eminem goes down he's ev- he's in everyone's top five yeah he will always have massive sells on his albums no matter what he releases he doesn't put just anyone on his stuff though 
No, and exactly. So, so for him to put Joyner Lucas on one of the most best tracks of and that album... And for someone like Eminem, to, he, he knows the study of rap. He's been studying it all his life, and essentially. And he found it. He put Joyner on, which means he thinks Joyner is a dope rapper. That's... Mm. Absolutely, and so and and you can hear it in his lyrics. I mean, they're, they're advanced. I mean, that song. I know I've spoken about it, but "Devil's Work," that's just an un. I, I don't know. I can't. Technical think of rapping any. ability is insane. The fast flows, the slow flows, the ad libs, the the cut up, the, the the change, the range. Everything's insane. That song, "Devil's Work," I could see coming out of Kendrick. Yeah, I agree. Some of the producers on this on yeah. this joint. So. Not a lot that I know of personally really well, other than Timberland. Um, but you've got guys like Nick Paps, uh, Bregma, Xander, Knox Beats, yeah. Mally Mal, uh, or Mally Molly Mal. Mall. Molly Mall, Mally Mal, M-A-L-L-Y, M-A-L-L. How would you say that? Molly Mall, Mally Mal. Molly Mall, isn't Molly it? Moore. Isn't that Biggie song? Used to rap attack Mr. Magic Molly Mall. Is that who he's talking about? It couldn't be. We've got to look it's that not, up. No, I've already looked it up, man. It's not even hyperlinked. Oh, so he's, so he's not even well known enough to. Maybe he's named uh, after Mister Magic might, Molly might, Moore. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's not the biggie. It's not the biggie guy. It can't be. If it is, we've uncovered probably the biggest album of twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you've got you know the Sky Beat, so special. ISM, Cormill, Sonrus, High Self, Crank Lucas. Um, so yeah, a lot, of, a lot of sort of, a lot of sort of non-linkables, a lot of no Wikipedia pages. Yeah, behind other than them. other than Nick Paps, um, Boy Wonder, Boy Wonder's quite well known. Yeah, um, Ill Mind and Timberland. Not a lot of really well-known guys. Mm. It's interesting. I mean, interesting. It, it's it's very uh, it's very along the lines of what you'd expect from a new age, uh, high-budget hip-hop album right now. Like it's got all the right things. In terms of beats, yep. made by some beat makers that aren't that well known. Would you like to hear him on more of a live instrumental t- style beats like your Anderson Pax? Do you reckon he could pull that off? I don't think he's R&B enough to pull off those kind of jazzy, yet. like NPR tiny desk playing the drums kind of beats. He's he's, he's a rapper. To see how that, he goes. Yeah, I think he he needs to stick to these more technical type produced beats with a bit of a high drum there that of the tap 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 i think it would be interesting to see him have a go at it it'd be interesting i'd like to see him have a go because i think that would really take him from not just an amazing that would be a great follow-up to this album yeah if he released a seven track type um ep or just to experiment minimum, to just experiment. experiment experimental thing it would be essentially really if you're thinking about listening to this album which you should you'd be looking at if you're looking for an insane technical rapping ability Rangers in flow, beats that cut and come back. So when you're driving in your car, you can get wild to them. And just great double entendres, great play on words. And this is an album for you. Look, before we wrap this up, um, I want to know what and you... Get onto our, and get, get onto, onto our, our next our album. classic album after this. 2001. Um, I want to know your top three tracks of the album. And while you think about it, I, I'm just going to add on to what you just said. If you're listening to this podcast and um, you, you've enjoyed it so far, from Sam and I, we cannot recommend you listen to this album album enough. It it honestly just put while you're in isolation or whatever, clean your room, the car, 
do something, but just put this on and give it a listen because it it's really is worth your listening. It blew if both age, of our expectations out of yeah, the water. Yeah, if you're into new age hip-hop and you want to hear some new stuff, this guy's going to just get bigger and bigger. My three favourites, and I think the song, in my opinion, that'll pull you in, if you're not sure, go on YouTube and watch the video clip with the song for Will. The okay. song Will, W-I-L-L. It is the one that drew me in yep. and got me to think about it a different way. 10 Bands with Timberland Production and ADHD, the title track of the album. They're my three favourites. Okay, and for me, the three songs I would I would get you guys to listen to in this album, uh, I Love, Devil's Work, and I, Finally by Chris Brown. We seriously recommend you listen to the album ADHD by Joyner Lucas and let us know what you think. It's all good. We'll be right back. In the meantime, every three months, a person is torn to pieces by a crocodile in North Queensland. So now we're going to go to our classic album for the week, and we chose together Dr. Dre's 2001. Now, interesting few reasons why we chose this. We kind of mentioned that in our last in the last album about Joiner. Um, obviously Dr. Dre discovered Eminem. This is actually 2001. This album that's out is actually one of the first exposures that Eminem got. Yeah, now, it's from 1999 and, uh, it's seven months after Eminem's debut album, Slim Shady LP, which came out in February of that year. This came out, uh, in November. Yep. So it's actually nine months. Nine months, yeah. But it's the first major album that Eminem featured on. Yeah, and this is this. There are tracks in this album, two thousand one, that I I would go as far as saying almost everyone in the world has heard. For example. Yeah, nigga, I'm still fucking with you. Still waters run deep. Still Snoop Dogg and D.I.A. Nah, nah, nigga. Guess who's back? Like that keyboard. The most recognizable most beat in hip hop. That's the soundtrack to rap. It, I would it really say. is. I, mean, I would almost say it, that. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that album. Yeah. You hear that and that's there and I wouldn't I would go as far as saying I don't think we've spoken about a rapper on this show yet, uh, that wouldn't name Dre or Eminem or um, Snoop or any guys that are actually in this album as huge influences. Huge influences. Huge influences. This, this album the is start. It's G Funk all the way through, not not including the last track, which we'll talk about. But it's all produced by Melman and Dr. Dre. It features the DOC, Hitman, Snoop Dogg, Corrupt, Exhibit, Eminem, and Nate Dogg. It's got it's six times platinum. In the US. Jeez. And has amazing. sold 8 million copies in the US. 8 million copies in the US for a G-Funk album. That is massive. That's amazing. When it, you think about it. Yeah. Um, it also, it comes out. This is uh, like, so it was 99 that this came out. Um, uh, Biggie was killed in 97. Yes. And Tupac uh, was killed in 96. Yes. And then this album came out as a West Coast album, Dr. Dre, West Coast conglomerate. It was everyone yeah, from it was the West everyone. coming in together. And they really came out and, 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 they, and they dropped this. So it's sort of a little bit marked, I guess, the end of, of that 
sort of era where where gangsters and and crime and drug dealing and, and what these rappers did before you know they used rap to get out of these living circumstances of yeah. dealing and that sort of thing and it was actually sort of marked the end of where um that you know for a while there with Tupac and Biggie and Dre and NWA their gangster exploits and their crime exploits that they did before rap uh, seeped into the industry. Of course, because they're, they're talking about their life experience. Obviously, yeah. what they did is going to end up influencing other people. And Suge Knight was still around, but he wasn't involved in the making of this album at all. No, but they do reference him. And, and the thing with uh, like Suge and being a part of, part of all this, so uh, obviously Dre got his start from NWA. Um, and NWA was one of the first groups to really break into the mainstream they were, yeah. of rap. They were the first ones that white... Uh, the classic line is, white girls are listening. That That's that's your audience. That's like, your audience. That's what gets you big. Them, if white they, women pick exactly. it up, so any white girls out there, please share. Um, <laughs> please share the 17 spot. <laughs> um, but, you know, so he, he Suge Knight's this bloody um, hothead gangster who, who these... You know, these rappers, your, your Snoops, your Dre's, Ice Cube, all those guys had made it out of the out of the hood, out of their neighbourhoods, trying to, you know, where they were dealing and, and getting into trouble. And Suge somehow was able to bring that into rap uh, where, where it shouldn't have been. And it, I'm not saying Suge started it all. Need, but, needless to say that the subject matter on this is pretty limited yeah. to gangsters, smoking weed, uh, sex and just, just being, that lifestyle. Just that lifestyle, but yeah. that doesn't take away from the insane sonic production value. The production value. The production value in this is insane. It's bloody beautiful. G funk piano ballads. You've got oh. you've got funky rhythms. You've got guitars in there. You got a bit of violin. The beat to still is one of the recognizable ones, but explosive with Hitman Corrupt and Nate Dogg. Mm. You would know it if you heard it. Listen to it. Search it up. You'd love it. Forgot about Dre featuring Eminem. That's also an incredible beat. That's a great song. It's almost like a trumpety sort of beat, but it's a techno trumpet. Uh, and if you don't know most of the songs in this track, I mean, in this album, you need to give it a listen because there's so many, so many diamonds in here that you probably don't know about. Yeah. Well, one of one of the things that. Um I found listening to it again because obviously we all listen to it as kids and you go through that phase when you know you, you um, starting uni and stuff where we all listen to this sort of stuff. Well, I did. I did too. And I certainly, but I haven't listened to this album in a while. So listening to it back for the first time, um, it was really interesting. It wasn't as, uh, you, you can't go into it. I couldn't go into it listening, expecting massive revelations and stuff like I did with the joiner. Yeah, but there were there's so many songs in this um, 68 minute album that you hear and you just go, "That was on this album." I know. What? Just tune after tune. That so old. The Watcher. Oh, The Watcher. For you go. Sure. I know this song. Still Dre. Still Dre, obviously. Big Egos. Yep. You'd know the beat to that if you're a hip hop fan. Absolutely. What's the difference? That's one of the most popular songs off the album Bitch with Exhibit N-words. and Eminem. Bitch and words, yeah. We're not going to say the name of that song. Education. We uh, see the next episode. Skit. Murder Inc. Uh, Let's Ackright. get high. Ackright. The next episode, which obviously has also been remixed into a, like a dubstep version. Yeah. But the original is better with Nate Dog. 
uh, you would know it, but you got to look it up. You got to search it. You got to listen to it because this album, you hear the influence in it that it's had on rap over the past twenty years. Because it's now, it's now twenty-one years old. This album. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's 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 got it's got so much in it that people forget about, and, and it's it's a real sort of, um, you know, pull the record off the shelf, blow the dust off it, and just listen to it. And like the best thing about listening to something like this, like. When I listened to the Joiner album or last week the YBN and that sort of thing, like I really hard had to hard listen to it. Like I wanted to hear the lyrics, I wanted to hear this, I wanted to hear that. But Dre being a beat beat producer, yeah, and getting the number of um, skilled rappers on it, and hey, Dre holds up. Dre's Dre's this is great the, this is well. the best uh, collection of Dre's raps, raps. as well. It's his best. It's his peak in terms of just rapping. But I found with this album, I could real, I could just put it on and, and enjoy it. It's not a lyrical album that you're gonna analyze. It's they've got skills, well, they've got flows, hey, but Eminem, Snoop Dogg, those guys, they are like you can listen. Yeah, to Yeah, but songs. I do feel like the lyrics are outdated. I'm gonna fuck you up. It's a threat. I'm gonna smoke weed with my women. It's not quite like it's a bit breaking outdated. It down. Yeah, you're not hitting lyrics like um like you know, just going back to that last album we reviewed, uh Joyner when he talks about taking Trump because he's a bigger threat. Give give back Tupac. Uh give us back Biggie, give us pun, give us triple X, take that N word Trump with you, that's a bigger threet. Like that's there's no hard-hitting political statements nah, in this sort of nah, thing. Nah, there's nothing on like the Bush era or anything like that, which no. I'm pretty sure was what the 90s were. Uh, Clinton would have still Clinton, been in office. Clinton, Bush came in the year after. Clinton but, then Bush, then uh, Obama. There is one one little fact that I want you guys to know that still Dre, the piano, piano tune we played for you before, one of the writers on that song, along with Dr. Dre, is actually Sean Carter, Ooh. better known as Jay-Z. Yeah, the Hove so, got involved. I don't know if Hove was given an opportunity to actually feature on the song or if he just wanted to write it, but of course, it ended up being Dre with Snoop D-O-double-G who actually performed it. Here's something embarrassing for you, Sam. Yeah. So, I've only just seen for the first time that Jay-Z spells his name, Sean, the way it sounds. Meaning. You know how there are two ways of spelling. <laughs> well, you've got your Sean yeah, S H A W N, which is Sean Carter, or there's S E A N, or Seen. 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 And like was also there's also S H A U N, which is Sean. It's also how you how you're supposed to say it. But it's nice to. I, I had no idea. I always assumed he was someone. He was a scene. He's not a scene. No, he's a Sean. He's a Sean. Definitely Sean. It's a weird way of spelling Sean. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Favourite song on the album, I don't know about yours, but mine is the... F- well, look, it's not my favourite, but it's the one that hits me the hardest. The Message with Mary J. Blige. Mary um, J. Yeah. It's about Dr. Dre losing his brother. Yeah. And he saying he had dreams for him and he wanted to take him somewhere. And this song hits me, like, personally. I love it. I love... Even though it's the only song that's not produced by Dre, it's produced by <laughs> yeah. Lord Finesse. It, it doesn't mean the, the production is better it, it's just that the the lyrical value to this song is so uh it's sensitive and it's great i love it what, what's your favorite mine definitely has to be um i i well i love still dre obviously oh, but i think probably Akrite 
Ackroyte gets me. Ackroyte? Yeah, nice. I do. I like Ackroyte, man. If you want to listen to a song where it's mainly beats, G-Funk, and gets you just funky moving, clicking your fingers, moving your hips, this is the one for you. And you're going to see all these rappers, particularly Eminem, in their, in their um, fetal stage. Because mm. he's At the very start. It's Slim Shady LP, Eminem. Yeah. And you can hear the age in him. What, 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 song, what song were you thinking? With Eminem in it? Yeah. Well, what's the song? His best verse is uh, on "Forgot About Dre." Forgot about Dre, and I think everyone would have heard that verse if you haven't. Go and listen. listen. You need to listen. And no shame if you haven't. No, of course not. But give it a listen if you haven't, because it's well worth your time. And just in terms of beats, the song that I think you should listen to for the beat is "Explosive." I'm going to say Still Dre. All right, Still Dre. I still say Dre Explosive. Um, yeah, as I said, you, you really can. You can put this on and just sort of get to work. Um, and, you know, uh, don't don't be embarrassed either if you can't, if you if you listen to it for the first time and you, you don't recognize certain stuff. I found, I discovered something embarrassing about my hip-hop listening to. What's that? My housemate discovered that I cannot pick a Drake song to save myself. Even even when it's... You can't a, name one, you mean? No, like it'll be... There'll be a really famous Drake song playing. And you don't know it. And oh, I know the song and I'll be like, man, this is an amazing song. And then I'll like look at my housemate and I'm like, is this... Is it Drake? And my housemate's just like, how can you not know that? <laughs> and he's just... How, how can you not know We've got one of the this most is a Drake rec- song... What the fuck? It's just something I don't know. Did you tell your housemate to chill out? Yeah, I did. I told him to chill. simmer down, mate. It's chill. He doesn't know Drake. He doesn't know Drake. I didn't know Drake, man. Um, Thank you so much for listening to The 17th Bar. We'll be back next week with another new album and another yeah. classic. And we hope you listen to these albums. Let us know what you think on uh, our Instagram page, The 17th Bar. There you'll find links to our Spotify playlist and our podcast which is up on spotify and apple podcasts yeah we'll make sure that our links are all well labeled as well so if you want to listen to our 10 track episode playlist where last week we went into a bit of detail but we got some feedback that went on a little bit long so (laughs) what what we're going to do is we're just going to upload 10 songs on the playlist uh the link will be on our instagram um and yeah whatever you're listening to soundcloud spotify or apple podcasts um you can find us everywhere yeah and get interactive on the uh, Instagram page. Send us a message, uh, any albums you want to talk about next week. Let us know. Beautiful. You've been with Sam and Hugo, and we'll catch you next week. All right. See you guys. It's the motherfucking Eagle Double G. Snoop Dogg.